Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Welcome to a new edition of the Backdoor Cover IB Sports Gambling Podcast. I am your professional amateur sucker, Keith Fleming. With me, the expert, the gambling guru, the man I ask a million questions about who to bet on, what to bet on, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy. What's going on, Alan? What's up, man? Man, watching a little bit of the Olympics. Uh... You know, obviously getting ready for golf, which we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. Um, can we spend two minutes on the Simone Biles thing? Because I just want to hear what you think about that. I mean, I I think a lot of these new age athletes are fragile. Um, and I think this is a trend that's going to continue. I'm still not sure um, what just happened. <laughs> and, um, if, and if if – me in my field, in my line of work, um, I'm definitely gonna always err on the side of caution when t- like criticizing somebody that's citing some kind of mental health issue. But in talking with a couple people today, you know, the the sentiment is that a lot of athletes nowadays, the new age athletes, are using that as an excuse to avoid criticism um, for failure. And people who actually have mental health problems are, are kind of getting annoyed by it. So it's kind of one of those things where I'll just wait to see if she's crying wolf. Um, I respect Miss Bowles and, and all that she's done. So I want to give her the benefit of doubt. Yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion because I don't really know uh, what to think. I mean, I understand both sides of the arguments. People are thinking that, you know, this is just an excuse. And people are saying, look, she's said she's had mental issues before. This is not something new. I can only imagine the pressure. I get all that. I just find it hard to believe that what we know now is the entire story, right? Like there's got to be some more information. uh, And so that's why I'm just going to wait. But um, we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to do a preview on the Summer Olympic Golf which is starting Thursday. It's just a regular four-day uh, event, 60 players, no cut. be a lot of fun to gamble on, obviously. And then we are going to discuss the NFL. I want to just talk about some Super Bowl odds, MVP odds, and then let you talk about uh, Major League Baseball because we're getting to where, you know, right now baseball after the Olympics is over is all we got until NFL, college football, basketball gets back. Um, and I know you said you've been doing pretty well in baseball. So, Let's start with the golf. Obviously, they're in the Japan, uh, Japan for the Summer Olympics. And this week, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I am a country boy. You guys know that. I am not going to try to pronounce these golf courses uh, because I'm just going to make a fool out of myself. But they're playing at a course in Tokyo, Japan. It's a par 71, 74, or 7,400 yards and change. Fairways are Zoysia. Greens are bent grass. It was recently renovated in 2016 by Tom Fazio and his son. It is kind of sad that, you know, a staple of Japan greens is they have the double greens. And and what that means, if you don't know that, is you'll see it in Europe as well, some of the British Open courses. They have two greens physically in each green. It's one giant green that is so big. One part of it, say, will be hole 17, and the other part of it will be hole 7. So there's actually only nine greens instead of 18, but... Obviously, there's 18 greens. 
they did away with that when they did the renovation. So it's just going to be single greens. It's going to be a lot like what you see everyday courses, a lot like many other Fazio courses. It's tree line fairways, deep bunkers. Uh, they're going to have pinnel rough. Greens are going to be really fast. I heard this week, obviously, if they get rain, that'll be different. When I was doing my research, Fazio, most famous course is obviously Quell Hollow that they play on the tour constantly. There's also Shadow Creek Country Club, Conway Farms. So you can look at guys that play those courses well, because not to say that one Fazio course is all Fazio courses, but I mean, let's be honest, they're similar. The other thing that you need to know is that the tour has a few places each year that they have this combination where you're going to have Zoysia fairways and bent greens. And with all the, you know, different resources and stuff you have out there, you can find guys that play well on both. Uh, the courses that they they frequently play are Trinity Forest, TPC Craig Ranch. The most famous is Bell Rift Country Club. But the most interesting one was in 2019, Sozo Championship. That was held in Japan. If you remember Goatman, Tiger Woods won that tournament. I won't go into that Alan said he couldn't win that week. <laughs> I, of course, predicted him like I do every single week. Uh, and he came through, which was a great week for this guy. But uh, Hideki Matsuyama finished second there. Rory finished third. Rory has an unbelievable track record at Quell Hollow. So I don't want to get too on the Rory hype train. And then Subjam, who tied for third. For those that don't know, it's 60 players. They have uh, two players from every country, except for the United States, who has four. And that is a rule that the committee made to where if you have four players in the top 15, they can play. Otherwise, it's only two players per country. We've already had John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau uh, had to back out because of positive COVID tests. What the hell is up with John Rahm? How, how is he getting COVID every every few weeks? <clears throat> hell if I know, man. I was trying to figure that out, too. <laughs> like, I I don't know if I've heard. See the boy of, that I've cried heard, wolf? I mean, no, I've heard of people getting it twice, but not like basically consecutive months, man. Like, dude, what is going on? He, uh, he's got to be an anti-vaccine vaccine guy. I mean, at this point, like, I'm sorry. You have to be. I know you can catch it with the vaccine, but it is. It's hard to believe that this guy has tested positive twice now in the last two, three months. I'm a public servant, man. I've been working through the entire pandemic. Even before I got my vaccine, I was, like, constantly around a lot of people all the time in a lot of different areas all the time. I was traveling, everything for work. And I, I'm telling you, man, I can't wrap my mind around how somebody could get it twice. Like, if you just do the bare minimum, and it's not a, like, political rant or anything, it's just common sense. It's like avoiding the cold and stuff. Like, you just do common sense things. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't gather. I don't understand how you're the only person on tour to get it <laughs> twice. And, and in the middle of that, you won the U.S. Open. So, it's... Yeah. It's been a weird few months for him. The 2006 games were the first time that golf was in the Olympics. For those that do not remember, Justin Rose won the gold. Uh, the bronze went to Hendrick Stenson. And the, uh, excuse me, the silver went to Hendrick Stenson. The bronze went to Matt Kuchar. For those that do not remember, that is within a year. So, hey, those are all older players, which is something that, I thought about that, you know, you've got three guys at that point that were all veterans in their career. Um, two of those guys and Stenson and Rose had just won majors. Uh, Stenson did actually that year. Rose had won one the year before. Uh, and Stenson has an okay short game. Kuchar and Rose at that time had very good short games. 
I think that you're going to have a very similar deal here where, first of all, what do we always talk about, Alan, when it's a, a no-cut event, take your shots. It, I oh, mean, yeah. it, it's seriously, there's no telling, especially for like daily fantasy, because guys are going to play all four rounds. That's going to happen no matter what. So, I mean, you have a hunch, like you have a hunch, just go with it. Um, the mm-hmm. odds are a little messed up. And, and I say this only because there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that are 14 to one or less odds. Those are Casey, Reed, Hideki, Hovland, Rory, JT, Xander, and more Cowie. So basically they don't want you to get good odds on anybody. Those are, those are the top ranked players in the field. All those guys I think are in the top 20 uh, in the world currently. And then, I mean, when you get in 22 to 1 odds on Shane Lowry, Neiman, answers at 18, I mean, 28 to 1 is Connors, M, Cameron Smith. Real quickly, Sung J M, Siwoo Kim, not just playing for a medal, playing to not do two years of military service in the middle of your professional career. Could you imagine the pressure of going for a medal and, you know, basically getting out of a two year military stint? Yeah, I can't imagine the pressure, but um, I mean, with <laughs> with Sung Jae, he's 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 been um, he's most of his career he's been competitive, so I, I feel like I feel like he would probably be okay with it, like with that type of pressure, because I mean he's been in a lot of pressure situations um, on a weekly basis at one point when he was playing on a regular basis, so um, yeah it's it's enough pressure in itself representing your country and then you you're essentially playing to um not go into the military for um some mandated time that is a lot of pressure so the guys that i'm looking for again i'm looking at short game guys that can put on bent greens because this is going to be a weird week they traveled over there nobody really knows the course very well and just as you know, somebody who's played golf his entire life, the one thing that travels, right? It's like pitching in baseball is chipping and putting. So guys that are unbelievable on bent greens and approach, Morikawa, Shoffley, uh, Patrick Reed is out of this world. Paul Casey is also very good on them. A little bit further down, a guy that's actually interesting to me is Corey Connors at 28 to one. He is not a good putter. But he is a good putter on bent greens in the field. I think he is like 14th in strokes gained. Most weeks on tour, he's in like the 70th range in a, you know, a field with 120 players. So he's in the top 15 this week with just 60. Uh, some other guys that play really well on bent greens. Jonathan Vegas, which is one of my favorite plays at 70 to 1. This guy's on fire. He almost won last week. He's had three top 10s in the last month. Uh, he's somebody to pay attention to. Thomas Peters is another guy at 71 who plays well on bent greens. He played well in the last Olympics here. He's played well here of late. Um, the who would be your betting favorite? I know Morikawa is seven to one, but I actually think you have to have a little bit more experience. Which I know it's crazy to say a guy that just won two majors, but I really think. Hideki and Rory should be the two favorites, and I do like the fact that they're twelve to one. Man, forget this dude, Rory. Um, <laughs> Hideki should be the betting favorite. Um, I mean, he's already shown that um, he's the guy in Japan. Um, it means a lot to him. He's got the the whole country behind him. 
it's a course that he has played before even uh, before the remodel of course but still you would think that the um the environmental aspect of the course uh, would be familiar um for him and not having to get that acclimated with the time zone and and all those things working in his favor i i think um it would be a good, i think he should be the betting favorite and 7 and 1 is pretty ridiculous for Morikawa but i get it like he just won, and he just won in great fashion too. So, and he's going to be the most comfortable there, right? Um, the guy again, Patrick Reed is the guy that I definitely look at. We know how much he loves to be Captain America. He loves that moniker. He loves anytime he's putting on the red, white, and blue. I also like to mention Justin Thomas does not have a cool nickname like you know Reed does, but in his last two world stage events where he's playing for Team USA. Uh, Ryder Cup, he went four and one, and then in the last President's Cup, three one and one. And both of those, he undoubtedly played the best of any American. So he may be one of those guys that just gets up for this. And then again, I'm looking for veterans. Like if you're asking me what other guys to look at, I'm looking at like Paul Casey, a you know a get down to Mark Leishman is a name that I would probably look at. Again, Jonathan Vegas, who's been around. Alex Noren, believe it or not, for like, especially if you can get some top five or top ten odds, depending on what site you're at. Uh, he's 60 to one to win, but Noren is the number one guy in the field on putting on bent greens. He's got an amazing short game, and Noren is a veteran. I, I just think that you need experience. It show it played out that way last time. The amount of players in the field that are coming back, I believe, is seven. This is so there's a second Olympics. Guys that had success and actually finished in the top 20 is a very small list that includes Patrick Reed, who top 10, Thomas Peters, and believe it or not, the uh, – I don't even know what country this guy's for, but he's in all my uh, DraftKings lineup. Fabrizio Sonoto, he's from Paraguay, and he, again, is somebody who finished – I believe it was 18th last year – or excuse me, last Olympics – He's played pretty consistently on tour this year. He's made nine of 11 cuts on the European tour. He seems to play well on bent greens. He did really well uh, in his two uh, bent green courses this year. So real quickly, I just want to go over some of my DraftKings plays. These are also people that I would look at betting. Uh, A guy that we really have liked, both of us have, has been Christian Bezenhut, who has yet to miss a cut all year, 16 for 16. He is in the top 10 in the field and DraftKings points on bent greens. Uh, and you're getting him for 8,700, which I think is a steal. I have Hideki and my biggest lineup. He's 10,500. I think there's four guys in this field that are more expensive than Hideki. There's nobody I feel more confident in than Hideki. This is a golf course. You're going to have to hit the ball well. Yes, he probably is going to have to putt and ship pretty well, but he's got to be comfortable being in his home country. Uh, I also have Henrik Norlander from Sweden at 6,800. Um, he just finished fifth at the Barbasol. He's had three straight top 40s, um, and he has a good game for this. He, he's another player that plays well on bent greens. Patrick Reed, which it does make me a little nervous, just the fact that he's just now getting over there. Um, but he's plan- he's literally flying over there right now. He plans to play early tomorrow morning, which will be the afternoon, and then also maybe get uh, – that would be his one practice round, and then he's playing Thursday. So that does make me a little nervous, but – Again, he's the best greens player in the world. He's arguably the best uh, greens putter in the world on bent greens. I, I feel confident in Reed. I talked about Jonathan Vegas at 7,400. He's going to be in all my lineups. 
His last uh, five starts include two runner-ups, an 11th and a 9th. That's at the Byron Nelson, the Palmetto Championship, John Deere, and 3M Open. None of those courses are easy. So he is obviously playing really well, playing really consistent. He's had one of his best years, 18 of 23 cuts made, four top 10s. I really like Jonathan Vegas at 7,400. And then again, one of the big sleepers is Fabrizio Sinoto from Paraguay. He also got to carry his country's flag uh, in the opening ceremonies. Again, he has experience in the Olympics. He's only 6,400. I am all over Fabrizio. And then I'll give you one other lineup that I'm doing, which is got Paul K. This is kind of a more consistent lineup where I went with Paul Casey at 9,500. Again, Casey is a guy I could easily see winning this. Uh, Thomas Dietrich, who has had uh, – he doesn't have the expense, experience like Peters, but he's got four top tens and 17 starts. Victor Hovland is another guy that I love this week at 9,900. He's made 18 to 20 cuts. He's got eight top tens. He has the recent win. Mackenzie Hughes is a guy that you should be looking at at 8,000 for sure. He's played extremely well lately. Six at the Open, 14th at the Rocket Mortgage. Remember, he was 15th at the U.S. Open. Uh, and then my boy Guido Megalizoo, and again, I'm butchering that name, but he's got 11 of 15 cuts made, four top tens, four of his last six starts. He's finished in the top 15. And then finally, Andrew or Anabrin Lahera, who is from India. He has played well in world events. Again, you got to take some flyers, especially in DraftKings. He's 6,700. Is there any guy that you really like or are fading this week? I, I guess I, I heard your fade, which was Rory. Yeah, forget Roy. Um, but just because I said that he'll probably do well. Um, <laughs> you said Anurban, Lahiri, Lahari. Dude, you um, know I'm a country. No, but I know I actually I actually know who he is, and he's a he's a he is a great. Uh, I think he's a great WGC guy. Um, he plays pretty well in those particular um, events. Um, honestly. Just, you know, going off of what we know about the course and, and bent grass, um, Reed's probably good on a flyer if you can get good odds for him. I would I would say um, he's probably one of the most motivated people to represent uh, USA in, in anything. I mean, they probably asked him to help Team USA in basketball. He he's trying up. to get some better advertisements than his CBD MD hat and whatever the hell he's got on his sleeve. And this is an opportunity for him for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Amer- I guess the best way to do it is probably to break it down by country. Um, I would take Reed for my American. Um, obviously, you got to do Hideki. Um, and and I would take Sungjae as well. Um, we're talking about putting and um, approach shots. You got to give Tommy Fleetwood a look. Um, he's he's that. I mean, Plays that's Bent Green's well too. Yeah, that's his game. Um, and then as you get further down, you know, I'm I like Vegas, but I, I usually don't play him uh, in in tournaments like this. It. And he's he's a streaky golfer. Um, mm-hmm. Him and um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, my my other guy that I usually play sometimes he's pretty streaky. Um, it'll come to me in another in another uh, podcast probably. And I'm <laughs> that's the guy. But um, Harold Varner, there it goes. Harold Varner, he's another streaky guy. Like him and Vegas typically go hand in hand with me, um, and I play him for props and stuff at fifty five to one. I guess that's just because of his current form. Usually you find him 
around the 70, 80 range. Um, now, we're talking about a course um, that has potential to be um, a scoring course. I like Carlos Ortiz as uh, another guy at 60 to 1 that I like to play on courses like this. Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim is streaky. I mean, you can play him if you want, but I would prefer Alex Noren. Over it's a lot Siwoo. of pressure on Kim. Yeah, man. yeah. I would I would prefer Noren over Kim. Uh, like you said, Peters, you you should give him a look as well, um, just because he's a, just a solid golfer when it comes to a course setup like this. And I'm actually surprised you never you didn't say Sepp uh, Strecka. You always like talking about him. <laughs> I know he it yeah. just. This week with some of the guys that have more experience and their numbers are a little better on bent greens. Uh, but I'm not, again, this is a week. Take your shot. I'm not going to hate on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And by all means, I would, I would take my shot too. Um, if you want to throw, throw a couple dollars on some of these, like 200 to one long shots and things like that, just do, just do a quick due diligence. Um, you're only going to be 60 guys. That's not your normal. Yeah. Week. Yeah, I was gonna say if if it's somebody that that's done the the Asian tour, they probably got a leg up. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they predominantly play on the Asian tour, um, I think Lahari is um, I want to say he's Indian or, or um, from that area, so he's a he's another guy that's probably familiar with the setup. Jazz is another guy who's f- familiar with the setup. Now, Jazz is is super streaky i'm talking like left oh, yeah. right you never know where it's going but you know at 175 to one if if he's on this might be the type of event he might somehow win so definitely take your chance on some long shots all right let's move on to the nfl i don't want to get too much into anything but i did want to just talk about some super bowl and mvp future odds because it's my favorite time of the year even you know as a falcons fan i'm even hopeful right now for this season you talk to me in six weeks i'll say we're a dumpster fire and you know whatever but looking at the odds are you surprised that the chiefs are the betting favorites and not the buccaneers um nah man tom brady oh <laughs> people got said that last year yeah, and he, I don't know what said every, every single year because he's been old for the last, like, decade. So take that into consideration. I mean, it's only 50, 50 cent more. I get that, um, but, but I'm saying, yeah. like, at but this like, point, he's won seven Super Bowls in 20 yeah. seasons. How the fuck is he not the favorite? Like, whatever team Tom Brady's on well, should be well, the favorite first, until he retires. First, first of all, back-to-back Super Bowls is extremely difficult. He's done uh, it twice. Yeah, he's, he's done it, yeah, with, with – a totally different coach, totally different system, and yeah. like a totally different organization. All right. Um, I, I mean, I'm not surprised. The, the easy Chiefs, division, the, right? The Saints aren't going to be that good. We know the Falcons are. I don't know what the Saints are going to be. Um, honestly, I'm curious to see what Sean Payton and them do. But at the end of the day, how could you not make Patty Mahomes like he's? It's a motivated Chiefs team to get revenge, like. What? Why would they not be the favorite? Because of I just Tom think Brady. That, yeah. Man, I that. hate it too. Trust me, I'm a Falcons fan. I hate this son of a bitch. But he's won seven out of twenty Super Bowls. Like he should be the like that's the betting favorite every yes. year until he's done. It's he's fair. Not, he's it's fair. Be the betting favorite. Uh, they, why in the world are the Rams thirteen to one to win the Super Bowl? What is going on? They are the fourth betting favorite after the Bills. What like what am I missing? 
Is the Stafford hype out of control? No, man, Matthew Stafford's a guy. Y'all, y'all just don't understand. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I don't want Ronnie to be all up in my in my ear about that. Um, the the Rams do get a lot of preseason hype, but I mean Stafford is a better arm than Goff, so people are more optimistic. I get it. Um, I don't they understand why they running back. I mean, yeah, but, but running backs are running backs in in certain systems are replaceable, and I would say give me um. Give me a Shanahan, give me a um, Sean Payton, give me a McVay. Like, those types of guys, we're talking high-caliber, awesome guys. Yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll find somebody to, to at least fill the void um, well enough that the, the offense will still be um, productive. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. What I'm worried about with the Rams is their ability to protect Matthew Stafford, who has shown in the past that he can be fragile. That that is an understatement. Um, so the Rams again, the Bills at eleven to one, that seems right too. Like they, for them being the third favorite. I mean, the Bills are the team that if you ask me, if I had to take a bet right now, I would probably go with the Bills at eleven to one or don't you know, think I'm trying to jinx you or anything for this, but your Niners at fourteen to one. Niners can't stay healthy, man. But if I mean if we if we can stay healthy, um I think we got a solid chance, um, but again, I, I'm a fan, and I can't even tell you if we can stay. We literally we we shut down training camp, like we shut down OTAs, I think, because of injuries. Like it it started already, and we wow. only we only had like two days, and they were like, all right, that's it, we're done, because <laughs> everybody keeps getting hurt. Um, so it's it's hard to say, and and when you got a team that's been pathologically like injured, I mean, or habitually injured, I I, I couldn't I couldn't lay money on them this early in the season. I got to I got to see them play a couple weeks before I I get behind them. Um, I am not a Sean McDermott fan at all. I still hate him with the passion. Um, I don't think you can depend on him to to out coach um, top level coaches in the AFC. So the question would be, do you think the Bills by roster standards are the better team? And you can make an argument for that, but I, like I said, when it comes down to coaching, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a McDermott guy. I don't like them. So, do you like the Ravens in at fourteen to one more than the Bills at eleven? I don't like no Lamar Jackson, bro. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. <laughs> no, I, I don't like Lamar Jackson. So, if I got to pick between the Bills and the Ravens, I'll take the Bills. I'll put okay. it that way. Um, and it does feel like though it's about time, right? The Ravens do this about every eight nine seasons where they just want a Super Bowl kind of randomly. They gotta establish a passing game, and and not a red zone passing game, but a I can convert. He's out of excuses this year, right? With all the receivers that they've 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 both signed and drafted. No, no, no. In fairness, in fairness to him, Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. I'm not saying it's a bad receiving core, but it's not the kind of capital that they've invested. Where now you have Marquise Brown coming back for what his second or third season. Still got Andrews. You upgraded big time with Watkins. They, they got the two rookies. Uh, you drafted a first round and I think a third round pick. Sammy I'm just saying Watkins? like, huh? Sammy Watkins? Not, yeah. That's not a big upgrade. <laughs> I'm not trying You're to be You're telling me Sammy Watkins is not well, an upgrade on. Well, it's an upgrade, but it's not like a big upgrade. I'm just saying like Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins did a whole lot of. Did you not hear Sammy Watkins was responsible for the Chiefs Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. That was his quote. 
Yeah, I know. That's that's his quote. Sammy Watkins has, has overvalued himself for the last, like, five seasons, too. I'm like, dude, if you don't shut up. Oh, and that came across the ticker, you know, that Sammy – and I'm like, man, who said that? And they're like, oh, Sammy Watkins said it. And I was yeah. like, why, why is this news? Um, oh, that's that's like looking in the mirror every morning and being like, what? you know, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, and doggone it, people like me. Um there are some interesting teams in that 25 to 28 range, and, and let's leave it here because I don't think anybody at 30 below is really worth – well, maybe maybe if you want to talk about some Fitzpatrick magic or Steelers magic oh, at 40 to 1. Uh, but in that 25 to 28 range, you got the Saints, the Seahawks both at 25 to 1, and then at 28 to 1, you had the Vikings, Colts, Titans, and Packers. If you had to take a team from those six, who would it be? Um, <laughs> I want to be a homer and say the Colts, just because Frank Wright with Carson Wentz has already produced some magic. Um, they've got the offensive line to keep him protected. Um, and I think their defense will come back just as strong as they did last year. Um, probably a good team to to put under the sleeper category. I know a lot of people are low on Carson Wentz, and rightfully so. But I think that if there was a, a perfect situation for him to bounce back, it would be with the guy who essentially got the most out of him um, a couple of years ago in his career. So Did you hear what I um, said on the fantasy podcast? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm all in on Carson Wentz. I, I think that he is in a perfect situation. The issue for him has been being healthy, having protection. I think he's going to be able to do both with that like monstrous indie line and great running game, not to mention the play calling. I think he's definitely going to be a QB one this year. Definitely. I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback fantasy wise. Uh, and I mean, I'm all in on Carson Wentz this year in fantasy. I mean, I hope so, man. I watched, I scouted Carson Wentz like it was my job. So I, I mean, I got a pretty good understanding of who he is as a player. And I remember last year just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And, and it, it was just inexplicable. Uh, some of the, the throws he was making and the things he was doing, even when this like I couldn't blame it on scheme. It was it was all him. So I'm wondering if it was some like, you know, he just didn't want to play no more. He didn't care because um, some of those throws that he was making last year just seemed like he literally didn't care. It's stuff that I would expect high schoolers to be able to um, to understand from the QB. Well, you positions. want to talk about bad receiving cores, right? Look at who he's throwing to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. But he, they, the other guys got a little bit of production out of him. So I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a, it was a crappy situation. Colts are a better situation. That's fine. Um, you can never count out the Seahawks either. Uh, as long as they got Russell Wilson standing upright, um, you can always um, depend on them. I'm curious to see what the Seahawks do um, because DK Metcalf seems to think that he's God and. Um, acts like Jalen Ramsey don't be taking his lunch money when they see each Twice other. Twice a year, but, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but they're, they're a team that you just expect to be in the mix. Is there value at the Packers at 28-1? to Because, I mean, let's be honest, Rodgers is playing this year. I mean, you're going to get this, a lot of the same team back. It's not like the NFC North is loaded, loaded. Uh, you got a rookie quarterback. The Lions are a dumpster fire. I mean, the Vikings should be pretty good. Is that is that a sucker bet, twenty eight to one, or is that some value? Aaron Rodgers is so spoiled right now. This man threw a fit, 
got everything you wanted and got Randall Cobb back. Apparently they traded for Randall Cobb. I don't know why. Um oh, but I I can't I can't rock with the Packers, man. They they don't have control of their players, man. And they've got a disgruntled receiver with the contract negotiation. They got a disgruntled quarterback. <laughs> it, it it would take it would take a lot for them in my mind, it would take a lot for them to come together and, and, and be able to overcome all these off the field distractions to to excel to a Super Bowl, so I'm I'm not betting on them. All right, then let's do one more thing before we get into baseball. The MVP. I'm not going to go through the whole list. Obviously, Mahomes is five to one. I mean, I guess if you really believe that they're going to give him the MVP, that's fair. You could argue, in my opinion, he was the MVP last year and they didn't give it to him. There's always fatigue. I worry that Mahomes is kind of in that category where he has to basically be out of this world to win it. Otherwise, anybody else who has maybe not even as good of a season as him is not going to be held to the same standards, and then they might get it. The NFL is really about narratives, too, with their their MVPs. So he's obviously the betting favorite. Then after that, you got Josh Allen at 10-1, to Dak at 12-1, to Russell at 14-1. to I will not be fooled with that bet again. Uh, Tom Brady at 14 to one, Lamar at 16 to one and Murray at 16 to one. Other than Mahomes, who do you like the most out of that list? Um, <laughs> let's just go all in on Carson Wentz at 25 to one. <laughs> all right. Hey, the last time, board, he, I like the it. last time with Frank Wright, man, he was, he was, what it was week 12 or week 14 when he got hurt, but he was literally on pace to be MVP. Um, I mean, in my mind, there's no real. You can get them forty to one on DraftKings, by the way. Yeah, I was just saying, in my mind, there's no real, there's no real risk in in dropping ten dollars on that. If you want twenty dollars, thirty, I don't, I mean, I don't care how much you put on it, but like, at at those odds and the the motivation he's got to to really excel, and then again with the guy who knows how to get the most out of him, I don't think that that's a ridiculous play, especially at forty to one. It's a perfect long shot. If we're gonna Take somebody um, that literally that you think has a chance um, outside of Patrick Mahomes. Dak stands out to me. That, that's who I was going to bring up. Um, even if he's the problem is the Cowboys have to win. Like because because he, he had some great numbers uh, before he got hurt, but they were always coming back and they were not winning games. If the Cowboys can win, then you would definitely um, start hearing people talk about Dak for MVP uh, because uh, he's, he's got a, a fit Zeke. Looks like a fit Tyrone Smith as well. Uh, looks like like that offense is is ready to prove a point. And if that's the case, he is the, the cog that, that really gets that thing going, even though people don't want to admit that. So. If you have high hopes for the Cowboys offense, then Dak Prescott has to be on your list. Okay, because I, I don't – Russell again, Brady, I don't, I don't even know what Brady – Brady's not going to even – I mean, Brady proved last year and the year before it's business decisions until the playoffs. I mean, you, you'll literally see him just throw balls away, I mean, sometimes for turnovers uh, to prevent a hit, and it's obviously the right thing. Again, you win seven Super Bowls in 20 years – Keep doing what you're doing, but that's why I don't like him. But I do like Kyler Murray at 16 to one. I don't like the coaching staff, 
But Murray is so exciting. I could see him rushing for seven, eight hundred yards, throwing for four thousand, and you know maybe scoring forty, fifty touchdowns. And the main thing is I could see Arizona, you know, ten and six, eleven and five, twelve and four. Uh, same thing with Stafford. Uh, and I mean, I would even say the Niners. I wouldn't mind taking a bet on one of their players too. But I don't even know who that would be. I wouldn't touch anybody on the Niners because it's too much committee for the Niners. I don't even know if I can bet on Jimmy finishing the season as a starting quarterback. Um, Kyle Murray got to switch up how he play a little, though, for real. Um, He's got the ball in his hand too much, and he's too small. I know I sound kind of um, boomerish by saying that, but it's true. Like, Look, Lamar Jackson is uh, an effective runner. He doesn't take a lot of hits. and, and and if he does take contact, generally it's in a way where he's not absorbing most of the blow. Yeah, Kyler Murray, runs a lot like Michael yeah, Vick did. <laughs> Kyler absorbs hits like that's what he does. And he's a tiny guy, and when he, but when he so can't get down, yeah, when he can't get down, he absorbs hits. And you saw last year he started breaking down a little, mm-hmm. and and they that offense can't operate without him dominating the ball in the sense that he's either running or passing every single play. Like it, it starts with him. Um, and um, that concerns me when we're talking about MVP. If, if my man Nick Bosa coming back healthy, that's going to be a problem for, for the Cardinals um, defenses in that, in that division in general are a problem for uh, quarterbacks. Like you, because yeah, it's not like the Rams don't have a good front yeah. four too. And and schematically, I hate that this is on air, but schematically, my my guy, he's he's a little in the wind, man. And there was there was several games last year where he pretty much like took the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands at the end of the game, and they lost those games. And and people constantly questioned like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? So um. I would I wouldn't necessarily go to Kyler Murray route. If you're gonna go in the NFC West, I still think Russell Wilson is the safer play. So, but not Stafford either. You don't like Stafford? No, Stafford is an MVP. How? Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Look at the numbers Jared Goff put up the year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl. I mean, we can all agree Stafford is a lot more talented of a quarterback than Jared Goff. I'm just saying it wouldn't, to me, be that crazy for Stafford to have basically kind of the seasons he was having in Detroit, which if they were winning, he would have been in MVP discussions for the Rams, especially now that Cam Akers is out. They're going to have to throw it more. And we just talked about him being injury prone, so he's going to get hit more too. I wouldn't take the risk. <laughs> he's going okay. he's gonna to miss. He's, he's generally going to miss three to four games. You can almost bet on that. And and if he doesn't miss three to four games, what really hurts Matthew Stafford is he plays hurt all the time. Like lower body injuries, throwing shoulder injuries, like those types of things where, you know, he'll have those shitty games where he throws like three, four picks and it'll come out later. He was playing with a with a cracked uh, clavicle bone or something like that. And it's like, well, why is he playing if he's that hurt, <laughs> you know? Uh, and that and that's throughout his career, you know. He's he's uh, tried to play through injuries. And, that's just and how Georgia guys play. are, you know, Alan. We're just as tough as can be. Yeah, um, that's what they say. <laughs> let's spend five ten minutes. Give me some baseball trends. We're we're what about halfway through or just past halfway through the season? Uh, we're just past halfway. 
Baseball trends. Um, the White Sox suck. They're the most overrated good team in Major League Baseball. Um, but what was that schedule? Is that like a fluky schedule deal? I don't know, man. They just I I can't get a I can't get a read on the team. Like the games where it looks like they'll play good, they suck. And then the games where it looks like they are gonna suck, they play well. So they're DJ. A, yeah, but give you an idea of of how goofy gambling can be sometimes. Last night, um, they were playing. It was Minor and and Kuchel. So Kuchel was pitching for the White Sox. And Minor was pitching for the Royals. Both lefties. Um, White Sox have absolutely obliterated left-handed pitching for the most part of the year. And I was looking at the odds, and I was like, man, is mine is 125 for the White Sox straight up? Like that is ridiculous. Like, wait a minute, I've never won a bet with the White Sox all season long. So just for the hell of it, I was like, because I like the White Sox, I'm going to bet the Royals because it, why not? It just makes sense. And damn it, the Royals didn't win. <laughs> but um, I guess the, the the best trend right now that I've been um, having success with is finding teams that are slightly overvalued um, with their, with their uh, run lines. So today's, to me, today's overvalue was the Kansas City Royals. So the Kansas City Royals were at four and a half runs as a team. Um, they had uh, Cissé going up for the White Sox. Cissé has pitched against the Royals, uh, I think, twice this year. And they literally have, they as a team, bat like 189 against him and maybe scored two runs, of which wasn't even earned runs. They were like unearned runs. So I took a shot on them under four and a half, and they only scored three. That was great. Uh, the hottest trend and one of the hottest teams in baseball to bet on right now are the Atlanta Braves offense. Not the Atlanta Braves in general because they, their bullpen can be shaky, but the offense. All right, Ronald Acuna was in the lineup. The Braves are like a top five offense, all right? Well, when Acuna's out, people want to fade them, but they're still a top ten offense. Like, they're literally, they went from number five to like number eight or nine, which is still pretty damn good in baseball. So you're... Like yeah, when you have getting, one of the best players in baseball not even, you know, playing right now. Yeah, you're, and you're getting such fair value in division games where they absolutely obliterate division pitching, like Scherzer, um, pretty much every ace but the – What did you tell me? All four of the, the, the East teams suck. Yeah, everybody in the in – the, NL East, I almost said NFC East because that's what it feels like. But all, <laughs> the, teams in the, all the teams in the NL East are, are just crap. I mean, just by default right now, the Mets are the least crap, but the Mets are a banged up team when it comes to their pitching. Like you look at their 40 man roster and like 15 injuries are like pitchers um, to the point where they rolled out um, Eckhoff today and just left him out to dry. The poor guy couldn't get an out for for the first four innings. The Braves hit him for 10 runs and they still couldn't take him out because they don't have anybody else to go to. So I've been I've been hammering the Braves this series against the Mets, um just taking them like in spots to to score. And uh that's been pretty a pretty good trend. And Atlanta's a streaky team offensively. I think you can depend on them to score runs even in games where they don't win. So as long as you got Freddie Freeman in the lineup, Austin Raleigh and uh, Albies and even uh, Dansby Swanson at the bottom of the lineup is, is starting to get hot now, too. You can depend on this team to, to get you some runs. All right, before we get out of here real quick, who's going to be in the World Series? What's your teams? 
Man, the hell if I know. <laughs> um, you got to take a Come on, give me a matchup to no, battle. For, all right. So you got to take a strong look at the Astros right now. I know everybody loves to hate them, but they, they're playing decent ball. But if because we're still in the trade deadline um, phase. So there's rumors abound everywhere. If the Tampa Bay Rays get Max Scherzer and Chris Bryant or Max Scherzer or Chris Bryant, then the Tampa Bay Rays are my favorite to come out the American League. Um, best bullpen in baseball, in my opinion. Um, the only people that really give them uh, problems are in division. And right now in the division, head to head, I think they can beat all those guys in, in a best of five series. Um, when you're talking about people making a run in baseball, you got to look at who's using the bullpen. How, like in this particular second half, how many innings are people getting from their starters? How many innings are people getting from their bullpens? People who can conserve their bullpens, um, who don't tire out their bullpens between August and the September run, typically make deep runs in the postseason. Um, when we have a regular postseason without like a 60 game like season, like we're talking like a full season of baseball. Bullpens reign supreme. That is the key. That is the name of the game because everybody's going to be playing aggressively. Uh, starting pitching is going to wear out eventually. But if you got guys who you can bring in that's going to shut a team down for an inning or two and, and work together, then that's the name of the game. So the right, Rays, Astros, AL, who you got in the NL? You know, uh, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but the Giants are. Yeah, oh, the Gi- okay. No, the Giants are a scary team. So look, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, if they can get healthy, yes, but they really need Mookie Betts to be healthy. They really need Mookie Betts to be healthy. He's he's the key to getting that offense really going. So right now they're, they're um, up one nothing on the um, on the Giants. But like I said, you you know you don't really follow baseball that well. But the Giants are actually they actually have a better record than the Dodgers. Um, and the reason for that is the Giants pitching staff has been absolutely ridiculous and they get clutch hits and they play defense better than anybody in the National League, bar none. Like their infield, they got a lot of ground ball pitchers and their infield is a black hole. So you can't really score on them unless you, you luck up and get a home run. So they have um, they have basically been playing old school baseball like they manufacture runs. Um, if, if you make a mistake, they make you pay. But ultimately, they depend on their pitching and defense, and that has not failed them yet. They've got 62 wins um, so far in the season. I want to say that's the best record in baseball right now, 62 and 37. Um, Maybe the Red Sox are close. Nope, Red Sox are 62 and 39. So, yeah, Giants have the best record uh, in baseball. Um, Give them a look. I mean, the Dodgers. 15 to 1 if you took Tampa Bay San Francisco World Series right now. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a try. Um, other than that, in the National League, I don't think anybody in the Central is really, a, um, really a competitive team. So it, it might just be that it's a two-man race between the Dodgers and the Giants. All right. You got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, the college football podcast will be next week. Um, I will be working on, um, we're going to do power five. We're going to start with the no, we're going to start with the group of five. Sorry. Start with the group of five. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the Texas and OU. Um, I don't even know what to call it, but the, the, the Big 12, like just upheaval. Um, 
or the SEC monopoly. We'll talk about that. Uh, when the it money could potentially... they would make. Could you imagine yeah. the next TV contract they get if they have Oklahoma and Texas? I mean, my only problem is as a fan, man, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want subscription based college football. I'm, I'm with you, but I, I think yeah. we're heading that way. Yeah, it? I know, and it's gonna piss me off. Um, but the college football show t- will be what I'm hoping to be the pilot for what is to be better, more efficient podcasts, um, live streams, and so forth. Um, also, when we start football season, I'm going to look into doing um, uh, what is this app here? I'm going to look at doing um, Clubhouse for live games because you know we usually do the threads in the mm-hmm. um, in the groups, but I'm wondering if if it could be a better experience if we did Clubhouse and. and it's just for fans um, of the teams, but obviously we would open it to other members in the group if they want to join, but just kind of have that trash talk uh, be be more interactive, basically. I, I love it. Um, uh, also, I just wanted to, again, tell you, because I've told RC on a podcast, that you got a minute, fam. Podcast is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We're going to um, um, do a Malcolm versus Martin on uh, the critical race theory drama at some point as well. Um, that's in the works. But, yeah, you got a minute, fam. Uh, podcast obviously probably should be the one I plugged first. But that's every Sunday. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that once football season starts because our NFL show is going to be coming up. Um, the NFL show is going to be pretty lit this year. Um, we've already started fighting in our, in our side chat. So I can only imagine what that's going to be like when it spills over on air. Well, we uh, again, IB Sports Network. Uh, it is on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Facebook group. You got Patreon <laughs> membership, five dollars a month. You can be an all star. You can post without approval by an admin, levy fines, uh, even do suspensions. There's all kinds of perks. Um, and again, we just appreciate it if you would share these podcasts and be sure to rate and review on uh, iTunes. So for Keith Fleming. My man, Alan, the first backdoor cover in a while. It's good to be back. We'll see you guys soon. Help Team USA. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Ching, ching, ching.